Ketty got four stars in the standard for his show Change. Uh, and Anthony was saying, you know, it's, it's roughly akin to doing a show here. It's very hard and demanding. Wasn't saying that at all, actually. We were just saying, how easy is it to sit on your bottom for a few hours and just, just chat away? It's all right, isn't it? I did six costume changes overnight. I know. The trouble is you don't, don't look as slim as Arturo Brichetti. <laughs> <laughs> we were saying for 52... Have a nice day. Thank you. See you tomorrow. Arturo Brichetti at 52 is this slim. I kid you not. He's this... And you think, oh, but he got rave review in the standard. Rave review. Quick change cheek in, uh, in uh, Italy... He's a superstar. Everybody knows Arturo Brachetti. I, f- I first met him 20 plus, about 25 years ago, I think. And, um, and he, he looks, ex- he hasn't seemed to have aged. And I don't think he's the sort of person who goes in for surgery and stuff like that. But it's just fantastic show. But if, if you want to take the kids to see something, it's very fast, very, very fast, and very clever. So adults will get something out of it as well. Let me just uh, quickly do this, because I completely forgot about it a moment ago. Because I was having one of my moments. I was having a, having a moment in the office. I was having uh, the twins moment. Because I'm going to make a prediction this morning. It's, I don't think it's that uh, difficult to make. Uh, these passwords are far too complicated for me. Uh, I predict that come Christmas, there will be an album out with the twins. On the front cover will be one in a red suit, one in a blue suit. And they'll be leaping in the air because they'll have bounced them off trampolines. And it will be the twins. And they won't bother with a single. They'll go for an album. And what they'll do is, it makes no difference whether they can sing. You've heard uh, Cheryl Cole, she can't sing for Toffee. She's auto-tuned. So that's what they'll do to the twins. Because if you watch them, and according to an interview in one of the papers today, they've been singing since they were five in church. I can only assume the rest of the congregation are going, shut them up! You know, you don't want little people like that who can't sing for Toffee. So that's what they'll do. Louis Walsh will stick him in the studio. Because uh, they're not going to miss out on this. They abs- they, they've been front page for a couple of days now. They are not going to miss out on making some money out of them. The fact that they can just toss them to one side afterwards is neither here nor there. You know, yes, you're going to be big stars, boys. No, not. We're going to make some money, though. And that's what they'll do. Because they can't deliver. But as a novelty act, they'll probably do very well. But they're not going to make very much. People will buy it and go, look, we bought the Twins album. It'd be like saying you bought years ago. I don't know. What would it be roughly akin to buying years ago when you went, I bought... Oh, and people go, ooh, really? I can't think of anything off the top of my head that would be considered that naff. Apart from a Westlife album or something like that. or I mean, actually, strange enough, Westlife, I did buy a Westlife album. I tell a lie, it was given to me, all right? It was given to me. But, uh, but I, I did download it. I quite liked it, actually. I quite get into it. But it's studio-based stuff. That's what it is. And that's what they think they'll, they'll do with the, uh, with the two twins. I love saying that. Like the four quads. I think they will just call them the twins. There's no point. Apparently you can tell one of them apart because one's got an earring and one hasn't. And one's got a scar and one hasn't. But which one it is, I've got no idea. And couldn't really care less, actually, to be honest with you. But that's why I'm predicting. There will be an album out and, uh, and a lot of people will be buying it. Because the more you tell people, don't vote for them, which Simon Cowell is doing at the moment, the more people will vote for them to wind Simon Cowell up. What, what, what you don't realise is he doesn't care. They're signed to him. They're signed to him. You see, that, that's what's so beautiful about the X Factor. It's so beautifully contrived. When he goes, listen, you're absolute rubbish, and a lot of people around the country think, let's phone up and annoy Simon Cowell, the more publicity they generate, the more money it makes him. Because he also makes money off the phone calls. It's beautifully done. I mean, it couldn't be better. All he's got to do is tell you he doesn't like something, and half the dimbos up and down the country are standing outside the the, the house. You know, they're all the ones who are going to vote. Phone phone now, phone now, phone now. 
that that gives money to uh, to Simon Cowell, and he gives a load of it away to charity, but it generates loads, and he owns each act on there. He owns each act. They all sign to Simon Cowell. Whether or not afterwards they, they disappear, that's why, if they don't want to do what he says, he doesn't bother with them. It's, it's, as, it's as, as easy as that. As easy as that. Oh, I must tell you, actually, Peter Andre uh, was out last night at the Michael Jackson thing. They're only letting... Wait for this. <laughs> Sorry. They're only letting him present this morning. Present this morning. Fern and Holly are off. They're letting him do the whole show together with the girl who's taken over on Loose Women, whose name I can't remember. What's her name? Oh, her. Yeah, she's taken over the lead on Loose Women. So he's, he's going to do it with her. Peter Andre. <gasps> Isn't that dreadful? I mean, it just shows how desperately bad it must... Carl, what are you thinking of? Are you? And of course, you know why he's doing it. Like all of the people I know in television, they do it to get me angry. And when I talk about it, people watch it. So consequently, having talked about ghastly, revolting ugh, Peaches Geldof, which goes out on Thursday, incidentally, uh, with Fern Cot, you'll be watching it. But we do have a, a clip of Peter Andrex, actually, surprisingly, uh, talking about the Michael Jackson movie. So we can have a listen to uh, to what he said, because he's, he's, he's very good, Peter. Very, very funny. And he's talking to LBC's Kevin Hughes. I think it's amazing. It just goes to show not many people would stay up at one or two in the morning to watch a movie or to even be there to see people coming to pay tribute to the man. But Michael Jackson has that effect on people, even after he passes away, if not more so. I don't know, Peter, you're obviously very close to members of the family as well. Well, I have. I know it sounds uh, when you say things like that, but I have had the pleasure of spending a lot of time with Tito, who I think is an amazing person. Their whole family's lovely, um, and you know what? I think that this must have—it's obviously hit them all so much, and they're just being so strong and getting on with it. You know, what are you expecting to get from the film tonight, Pete? Popcorn and chocolate. <laughs> <laughs> and watching. I thought you were on a health kick now. Looking and good. Watching the man at work. It's amazing. Uh, Favourite MJ song? I know it's tough because you're such a big fan. Human Nature, I love, and PYT. They're the two, my two favourites. Rock With You is another classic. But Human Nature, if I was going to go for the... Are you up for singing a bit of MJ now? I know you always like to. Well, it would be over that music, but... Yeah, it might be a bit bad. But if it wasn't on, I would. But no one can no one can touch Michael. On tour, I'm going to do it, though. Okay. I'm going to do a little tribute to him. Because you're going to be putting, what, the O2 Indigo very soon? Yep, and I'm going to uh, and I'm gonna definitely do a little tribute to Jackson on that. So, come and have a look. Hey, good to see you tonight. Um, I know it's going to be an emotional one for you in there tonight. Yeah, I mean, I think... Uh, I don't know what to expect. I've heard people complaining about, should this movie be shown? I don't know why they're saying that. I don't actually know what to expect. But all I know is the word Michael Jackson and viewing is something I want to do. Lovely. Peter Andre, there you go, talking uh, to our, our Kevin down in Leicester Square a short while ago. I was like, when he said PYT, I thought he meant PMT. I had no idea what he was on about. Although, who do you think said this about Michael Jackson? I mean, this is, um, uh, I was honoured with the great privilege of seeing This Is It last week. I was sworn to secrecy, but now I can let you know all about it. It is the single most brilliant piece of filmmaking I have ever seen. It cements forever Michael's genius in every aspect of creativity. To say the man is a genius is an understatement. He cradles each note, 
coaxes the music to depths beyond reality. You owe it to yourselves and your loved ones to see this again and again, memorise it, and say to yourselves, I saw genius in my lifetime. Who do you think came up with that pile of old garbage? Only crackpot Elizabeth Taylor, I'm afraid. I mean, <laughs> she's, do you really think... He cradles each note, coaxes the music to depths beyond reality. I shall do the same this morning. I shall coax the depths of celebrity depravity out of the newspapers, and I shall pour forth with, with such an outcoming, ladies and gentlemen, that you'll be captivated and will want to download and podcast and relive the moment again and again and again and play it to loved ones throughout the world and say, I was there the morning Steve Allen slagged off Elizabeth Taylor. I was there. How fantastic was that? Peter Andre. Trouble's with Peter Andre. Sweet though he is, you can't shut him up. You can't shut him up. Okay. Hello, Pete, what do you think of the film? Yeah, well, you know, because I'm a musician... Go away. Stop it. Stop it already. You're having too many laughs now. Too many laughs. Do you know, I picked up the standard yesterday, and there was a piece on the school where pupils serve lunch. The standard wasted a whole page, a whole page, on old-fashioned dinner time to boost learning and discipline. And this is where the kids get up, somebody goes and collects the food, puts it down on the table and serves them. In my day, it was called food monitors. We were doing this 40 years ago. And now they hail this as something innovative and very exciting. Pile of old rubbish, if you ask me. Lunch, each, each pupil is on a table of six, and uh, they have to lay the table, collect the meal, serve it, take the empty main course dishes, bring the pudding to the table, clear away the pudding bowls and tidy up the rest of the table at the end of the meal. In other words, just the kind of thing that you do at home. Nothing new here with this school, I'm afraid. Typical two-course lunch. Caribbean jerk chicken with rice, peas and a slice of bread. Or macaroni cheese, sweet corn, peas, apple fool and water. Sounds really quite dull, doesn't it, actually? And once a week, a traditional roast dinner, chicken, lamb or beef with potatoes and other veg, apple pie and water. Are you sure it's not prison, this place? <laughs> anyway... It is nice to be company. Oh, we've got details of a walk later on that Diane Burstein's doing as well. And, uh, and Judy in Surbiton is back within the folds and says, I heard you mentioning Honor Blackman, but it's not up as a podcast. It's not been transmitted yet. Not been transmitted. It's one of ours, which is, which is in the can, as they say. We have a few in the can. And, uh, and she's not been transmitted. So there you go. Uh, Steve, what about Rednecks and Cotton Eye Joe? They managed to sell an album of one single. I remember that Cotton Eye Joe. I could quite like that. But the trouble is, the difference is the twins cannot sing. They cannot dance. They, cannot, they, they just behave like stupid children. They are the type of children you would say, listen, can you just grow up and try and be an adult? According to their parents in the paper, they've had lots of girlfriends. I can only assume much younger than themselves because they'll have nothing in common with anybody else. But um, as Louis Walsh says, they've got that likability factor. Rest my case. Quarter past five. An office to expand into. A studio in the heart of my community. A workshop that's... Morning, everybody. 17 minutes past five. It's Steve Allen's... I have to work out which day it is. Wednesday morning in London town. I should remember, actually, I'm recording Suggs for an in-conversation at ten o'clock, so that'll be quite nice. Lots to talk about. Impossible not to like. That's what they say about Arturo Brichetti. Impossible. With his cheeky grin and his sing-song accent, he is impossible to dislike. So, if you haven't seen the show and you're looking for a Christmas show... 
Apart from the fact we still love Wicked. Oh, don't get me wrong on that one. I love work. I'm going to see Wicked till the cows come home. But uh, Arturo Brachetti in Change. It's at the Garrick Theatre, just behind our building here in Leicester Square. Uh, the police are probing uh, the indecent twins. They now say the, the fans, one girl exposed her breasts outside. A little bit slaggy, but there you go, I'm afraid. And they, in turn, grabbed their crutches. Well, if it's true, we don't want that kind of thing going on. They're little children, mentally and physically. Joe Calzaki says he'll give uh, pal Peter Andre. Since when was Joe Calzaki a pal of Peter Andre? Is this some new friendship that's strung up because poor old Joe Calzaki has got nothing to do now, have you, Joe? Perhaps basket-weaving, love. Have you tried basket weaving? You've tried dancing. I'm not much cop at that. And, uh, and the boxing's finished. So why don't you uh, basket weaving? I think that'd be nice. Anyway, he has promised to help lay out Alex Reed in a fight. Alex Reed is a cage fighter, though. It's a bit of a girl's blouse, I'm afraid. He spent most of his time uh, on the floor with his legs in the air. That's a bit like the girlfriend, I suppose. Right, other stories in the papers today. That's an old gag from somebody else, not me. Uh, this is where it, it all becomes a bit silly in the sun today. They've got the, uh, the twins, John and Edward, mobbed by fans. Um, they're just little girls who don't, you know, their mummies say, where are you going? Oh, I was going down the road, you yeah. know, going up to go and see the twins. And, and then they touch them and have their pictures taken. It kind of gives you false hope doesn't it, really? It, it sort of makes them think that they're very famous, albeit for a few minutes, but at the end of the day, they're just there to make money out of them. They're not, they're not really interested in anything else at all. You've seen the way that they, they can deal with these people. If you don't want to play, play ball with them, they, they ditch you. Play ball with them, you can have a sort of a reasonable kind of a career, but once, once your album fails to sell, pff, you're dropped like a ton of bricks. They're not going not to try and uh, build it up. They're not going to try and build it up again, I don't think so. Jane Moore, talking about... Uh, What's she talking about today? Jude Law. Have you noticed, actually, the girlfriend, or as we prefer to call around here, the one-night stand, before telling him, this is a picture of your daughter, she flogs it to Hello! magazine. How disgusting is she? Mind you, how disgusting are both of them? Unprotected sex. How stupid in this day and age. Illnesses, diseases, God knows what you can pick up. This woman now, five weeks after he was born, he still hasn't been to see her, or even asked for a photo. Why would he? Why would he? She's doing a perfectly good job by selling it and milking it like there's no tomorrow. I mean, it's ridiculous. Samantha Burke, a former part-time model, for that read, hasn't actually done anything for a while working as a waitress, OK? Uh, has a one-night stand with Jude Law. You go, yeah, I really love you. Like most men say. Yeah, I really love... It. They'll say anything. Anything to get them. Do you want to come out? I really love you. God, you're just beautiful. You're really lovely. Any chance for a shag? You know, that's what people are like nowadays. They're not interested in relationships. And a lot of women go out and they take their wedding rings off and things like that. And they're standing in clubs and stuff. You married? No? No? Are you sure? No, definitely not. You got children? No, definitely not got children. And that's exactly the same. And so Jude Law goes out, has this uh, this one night stand, and uh, and she was paid. Wait for this. I mean, it's it's kind of if you're listening, Jude, you want to come round here? And there's quite a few people round here that'd be more than willing to earn the sort of money. How much did she get paid by Hello Magazine for selling pictures of the baby? I mean, literally, this this child hasn't even grown up, and already they're prostituting it by selling hundred eighty thousand. Lyrica, isn't it disgusting? that somebody would even think about doing it. I wouldn't mind. Her parents are loaded. Loaded! They're seriously loaded. I mean, I just find it absolutely disgusting that, that somebody, you know, would clutch at straws and sell pictures of their child without even contacting him, saying, listen, why don't we just sort of meet up? No, they have to go and take... It's almost like it's contrived, isn't it? It's almost as if... I'll tell you what, let's sleep with someone... Actually, of course it is! What am I talking about? 
We've seen programmes on the television where there have been girls who want to pick up footballers, because they're not exactly difficult to pick up, let's face it. I mean, you know, most transvestites could pick up a football footballer. They're not that, that difficult. You go to London clubs, and there they all are, the sort of the things who'd normally hanging around phone boxes, but this time they stand inside clubs, pick up a footballer, take him home, and they go, oh, I really love you. Next thing. Um, hello, how much... I've just slept with... How much are you going to pay me? And that's what it comes down to. It's, ter- it's terribly depressing. Talk about terribly depressing. Do you remember that fat teen... Do you remember Georgia Davis? Georgia Davis was 33 stone. Do you remember? Fattest teenager. And we went, oh, is it a medical condition? No, she stuffs her face. That's what she does. She stuffs her face. So we wasted time and money sending her to America. She goes to fat camp and she loses half the weight. And we go, oh, that's good. Well, at least you've learned something. No, she's back up again. She's back up. And somebody said, well, you know, she will get round to it eventually. She's just a fat lardy. You can't change these people's lifestyle. They'll do it for publicity. You know, I'm going to America. You're going to fat camp. Yeah. How much have you lost? Uh, well, I've, I'm, I, I weighed uh, 18 stone. OK, it's good. What are you up to now? 20. So you put on another two stones since you're back. Yeah. Why? Because uh, I, I like my, my, my junk food. Right. OK. I mean, you know, it's, it, it is quite ridiculous that she still stuffs her face with fish and chips and all that kind of stuff and chicken. You know, it's just all the wrong stuff. She, you think she's learnt it. The trouble is, you've got to educate the mind. It's no good just telling her, listen, you can actually look attractive. She doesn't see herself as that at all. She wants to, to pig out because that's her, that's her thing. There's a bloke in the paper today. He's appeared on... I think Jeremy Kyle's show, or he's appeared on Trisha, or he's, he's certainly appeared on a number of shows. And the reason he's appeared on there is because he's, he's got something like ten children with seven different women. He's an ugly bloke, but he sleeps with anybody and has these, these children. And they've pulled him apart on television. Well, <sighs> Alicia Dixon's made, made a programme about him, a television programme, in which he comes over as a bit of a celebrity. So all the women for whom he has not paid one penny piece for any of these children, I mean, frankly, it looks like he needs a good bath in disinfectant to start with, and now saying, but wait a minute, you're now portraying him as some sort of hero. What message does this send out? And the message it sends out is, have as many babies as you want, because eventually somebody will make a TV programme about you. You know, I've often said, if I produced a gun now and shot the producer dead, I could be a television star by next week. They'd be going, what happened to... He was, he was so, sounding so happy and jolly. I said, well, it was the way she looked that really got to me. You know, she was looking too happy. She had to go. And they'll go, oh, that's OK, then. And the next thing, I'll be on television. And they'll be going, but no, you know you've been working there for years. He worked with her for years. What happened? I said, oh, I don't know. Something just happened. I don't know. The tea never arrived on time. Or she didn't ask for a couple of... I don't know. Something happened. And that's what it is nowadays. I mean, there's a, a vicar's teenage daughter who was adopted from Colombia, who's in all the papers today. And she was taunted by two other girls, so much so, her father's a vicar, as I say, that she threw herself out of a window. She was so tormented by these two people who, who called her every name under the sun. And you think to yourself, do you know, if somebody did that to me, I'd be the first one to punch their bloody lights out. I wouldn't stand there, but the trouble is, when you get two people ganging up on you, it's not kind of nice, is it? And so another life has gone. And you think, oh, what a waste. It's like baby pee. You know, you think, what this child went through, and people, you know, as usual, the country rose up as one and went round and put teddy bears in the graveyard and did all this kind of stuff, which, to be honest with you, doesn't serve anything whatsoever. It's a waste of teddy bears. 
I've said before, don't, don't give anything to the dead, they don't appreciate it. Give it to the living. If more people had given him teddies while he was alive, it might actually have saved the poor soul. <sighs> Wish there were some happy stories in the papers. You know, there's nothing happy in the paper today. Even, here she is, oh, Cheryl Cole, on the front of the mirror, and the Daily Star today, Simon Cowell is nasty, rude and annoying. I want to punch him. Well, in fact, she says, I want to lamp him. Now, I assume that was some sort of Christmas decoration or something. I've never heard it, until you realise that where she comes from, that means punch somebody's lights out. It's a classy expression. And uh, she's there. She says he's rude and annoying. Yeah, at least he hasn't been up in court, love, like you. So he's obviously not that rude and annoying, is he? He hasn't lamped anybody, as far as I know. There's also... I've got a fear of heights. I'm not good on heights. I can cross the roof here to go to the canteen. I'm fine with the canteen. But if it involves going up a ladder, and then somebody says, turn round, it can only be six feet off the ground, I'm just... I fall to pieces. So I'm almost in admiration of the climate protesters who have climbed up a 600-foot chimney and they've pitched a tent at the top of it. They dragged up 60 litres of water and food for a week. They're on a power station chimney in Didcot in Oxfordshire and they managed to climb up the the outside. Well, nothing on earth would get me to climb up a ladder. Even looking at the cranes in London, I could never climb up one and sit in the carriage because I know that they sway in the wind. I would be sick as a parrot. It just, in fact, it's made my hands go all clammy. It's, it's just, oh. And they've climbed 600 feet up and they've pitched a little tent and they're exposed to the elements. Nothing on earth would get me to climb up there. I can't think of, of anything worse at all. It's just terrible. Terrible. But there you go. That's what happens. Um... Other stories. Uh, Shane Ritchie uh, was grief-stricken last night. His dad died of cancer age 65. It's no age, is it? 65. It's absolutely nothing in this day and age. Uh, are you buying a winter coat? It's so stupid. Of course I'm not buying a winter coat. What, with the mildest weather we've got this year? It's going to be a heat wave today. It's going to be a heat wave. Uh, Steve, I'm off to see Peter Andre present Paul O'Grady next week. Lovely. He's presenting the Paul O'Grady show. Cross live. We must be scraping the barrel, mustn't we? No, he's, I thought he was doing this morning. Well, that's what they've said. He's doing this. Perhaps he's doing Paul O'Grady as well. His agent is, is very good. She works very, very hard. Very hard. But they say he's going to host this morning with Kate Thornton on Friday and said he was thrilled. He said, I'm very honoured. I can't wait to get my teeth into this role. The trouble is he's crap as a presenter. I'm not being rude about him. He's absolutely awful. Friday's show will have a good mix of paper reviews, fashion, real-life stories, cooking and music. Peter loves a challenge and loves presenting. Yeah, well, I, I also quite like hang gliding, but I'm not any good at it, so I don't do it. You know, the advice is, don't do it if you're not any good at it. And the trouble is, Peter Andre, we've seen him on the television. He's not very good. He's going to come over as very insincere. London's biggest conversation. LBC... Morning, everybody. 26 minutes to 6 is the time. It's Wednesday morning. It's Steve Allen's early breakfast. Andrew is in Gateshead, so he starts with, uh, with sort of a down, I suppose, plausible. Gateshead, Tain and Weir, I think. It's my only accent. He says, I've had a look at Stacey Solomon's rendition of What a Wonderful World, a Beautiful World on the Internet. It damn near moved me to tears. Moved me to incontinence, I'm afraid. I had straight for the bathroom. She's beautiful. Mm. Stacey Solomon. Are we talking about the same person? And reminds me of a very young Judy Tazook. She will win the X Factor. Hmm? You mad? Of course she won't win the X Factor. It'll be the twins, won't it? 
Because that will be hilarious, because I say Simon will be rubbing his hands, because it won't have been so easy for ages. Because if they win it, he can then bring out an album with a couple of the other girls. But, and so, in other words, he wins at every level. He wins at every single level. It's so funny, because you're all falling for it, and you fall for it beautifully. It's not actually a competition. It's how much publicity he can generate to sell albums through his company. That's what he does. Every single artist is signed to him. That's why we had before, when, when somebody said, oh, I don't want to sing those songs, they would drop like a ton, of, a ton of bricks straight away. He says, I won't be watching The X Factor. Men with beehive hairstyles, who do you think they are? Bros, they will sell nothing. I'm telling you, they'll shift a shed load. They'll shift a shed load. I mean, much as though it grieves me to think that somebody with no talent in this day and age, and because they've got the likability factor, can, can actually shift shed loads of albums, makes a mockery of real musicians. People who can actually get up on stage, and people in West End shows who get out there every night and perform and sing live. And nobody ever questions. You don't go to Phantom of the Opera, and, and you walk in, and you go, the Phantom of the Opera is... You'd be out the door. You'd be, Excuse me. I mean, it, is there something the matter with him? They go, no, he, he was an X Factor winner. The Phantom of the Opera is here, inside your mind. You'd be going, well, what's that? Well, you voted for him. You voted for him, so we thought he was popular. So we put him on, you know, here. And and also, you know, there'd be somebody new doing Mrs Johnson in Blood Brothers. Tell me it's not true. You could have Stacey Solomon doing it. Tell me it's not true. (laughs) (laughs) You know, I mean, that's how it would go, isn't it? Because if you're not careful, you're going to end up with all these people in the West End. They certainly stick them in pantomime. Peaches Geldof, her father, with the Boomtown Rats, released an album called A Tonic for the Troops. Yes. Unfortunately, I always thought we were fooled by Bob Geldof. I never thought he could sing for Toffee. The silicon tree is that money, is that to overflow. And I, th- I just thought it was rubbish. I thought it was rubbish. Two hit singles, and they bring us out a Greatest Hits album. Uh, Jason Owen... There's one is appeal. They'll be talking about this with Nick Ferrari this morning, given a sentence now of six years' imprisonment. And Nick will be asking if that's long enough for someone who contributed to the tragic death of baby Peter. Uh, they were talking finance. Why can't London have more than one free newspaper? There's another one going to go down, apparently. They're saying London Light. I think, well, I've never even read it. I read Metro. I didn't realise Metro is in the same stable as the Standard. Not surprised they've kept going then, are they? Not surprised. Because I quite like the standard, especially as free. I like that. Uh, should an affair in politics mean the end of your career? They're going to be talking to Ian Throwin, who's Alan Clark's biographer. Alan Clark threw it about all over the place. Absolutely threw it about all over the place. And strangely enough, the, the wife, um, I think he's buried in, in, their, in the ground. I was going to say in the house. But he's buried in the grounds of the castle where they lived. And it was always better to be Mrs Alan Clark than, I'm sorry, who are you? So that's why most, most wives of politicians who stray stay with them. Uh, you'll be doing all your, uh, your Christmas shopping very shortly, won't you? And uh, no doubt. I think they're turning the lights on in, in Regent Street on the 3rd of November. 3rd of November, I think, they go on there. Do you know, they were the first, the first place in Europe to have illuminated decorations. First place. 55 years. Famous people have turned on the lights. Sylvester... St- I can't do the... <laughs> Sylvester Stallone... So Ian McKellen, uh, 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 Prince Charles, wasn't very good, was it? I should be so lucky, 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 lucky. That's me. Uh, so Kylie Minogue and Sir Anthony Hopkins. 
which is good. And the world premiere of Disney's A Christmas Carol will take place at leading cinemas in Leicester Square. It's going to be 3D. I can't wait till I love A Christmas Carol, but my God, how many more blooming remakes do you make of, of A Christmas Carol? And uh, they're going to be doing their Charles Dickens. Regent Street and Oxford Street will be having all sorts of carol singers. I love carol singers. I love carol singers. Just like we don't let anybody from the X Factor in there, I'm fine. Want anybody sing? Ark the air, old angels sing. We had an LBC carol competition some years ago, and we <laughs> we had uh, a wonderful school. I can't remember who it was now, but all the kids I think from the East End, and the, <laughs> the, the winning entry was Virgin Mary had a little baby. Oh, glory, hallelujah! It was the fun. We played it every day. It was the best thing I'd ever heard. It was just these little kids singing their little hearts out because they were going to be on the radio. It was the best. We should have another one, actually. I think so. School dinners, says Barbara. You brought back memories of family table service, collecting, serving and taking back the dirty dishes. My case, it was about 45 years ago, and the rest, at a grammar school in Greys. Memories of pink custard, jam roly-poly, jelly and blancmange. We never had jelly. We had blancmange, which I thought was just the rather stiffer version of the pink custard. I'm sorry, they should leave it a day and then sort of go, oh, look, we've got blancmange. And so we got that pink custard from yesterday. I know, because I emptied half my jam roly-poly in it, and there it is at the bottom. We used to get, I used to put, put jam in my tapioca, because I hated it, and stir it round. I hated tapioca. Frogspawn, we called it. Stephen Harlington says, I'm the same as you, Steve, with heights, and those tower cranes have a glass floor. That reminded me, when we went up Blackpool Tower... At the very top of Blackpool Tower, you go up these steps, 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 and then you're right at the very top. And this thing is rusting. But, I mean, the ballroom is fantastic. Blackpool, a tip of the first order. But they've got a big glass plate in the floor, and you can stand on it, and you look straight down. To the road. Well, of course, it doesn't bother me. You know, you do it, you touch it, don't you, a little bit. I mean, it's about three inches thick. There's this girl and her boyfriend, and she's standing there going, Oh, <laughs> She was literally sobbing, and I'm going, Excuse me, can we have a go? So I stood there and went, <laughs> it was quite funny, actually. Anyway, other stories in the uh, the papers today. Uh, so, oh, strangely enough, Frankie goes to Hollywood, um, are celebrating their 25th anniversary. Holly Johnson doesn't seem too relaxed about his old bandmates. There was certainly no sign of the others when he went to pick up their classic song, Award for Relax. As the lads release the greatest hits next week, do not expect to take that reunion. The reason being, Holly says, I can't see us reforming, to be honest, but I'm releasing a solo album. Because the truth of the matter is, they never sang on it. The only person who ever sang was Holly Johnson. The rest was sort of just formed, and it made us laugh. Because in the early days of Frankie Goes to Hollywood, they, I remember seeing them going into Stringfellows one time with the gay guy who used to dance next to... next. To, well, he never featured on any of the records. They just... They were assembled. They, they just... It was like the bloke in Boney M. Ma, 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 Baker. He never sang on it, because otherwise he'd have been ma, 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 Baker. And so they didn't bother using him. Same for Frankie Goes to Hollywood. They all were there pretending to play and do the drums, and it was all Trevor Horn in the studio. It was only Holly Johnson. So the idea that they, they could reform is almost a little bit laughable, I'm afraid. I'm delighted to say that uh, buffoon of the day is Adam Holland. Adam Holland... Uh, is 17. A rather stupid, thick boy, I'm afraid. Why is he a stupid, thick boy? He's been jailed. He stood on a bridge and he threw a shopping trolley in front of a train. What a stupid little ignoramus you are, Adam Holland. Jailed for 18 months. The train, carrying 250 people, dragged it 
for 20 seconds, then broke down, plunging the passengers into darkness for two hours. He pleaded guilty to the foolish prank. You're a prat, aren't you? You really are. What a stupid boy. Adam Holland. I mean, actually, people could have been killed. And then you'd have been facing a very different charge, Adam Holland. 17, mental age of a peanut, I'm afraid. These people drive me mad. There's a very sad picture in the paper today of some chimpanzees. These chimpanzees are in, uh, are in a, a chimpanzee rescue park, and one of them died. So as they're taking her to be buried, all the others queued up to have a look. Isn't that sweet? That's so sad. And they're all, they're all hanging on to each other and looking. That is you so know, sad. Chimpanzees gathering, united in grief. Bless them. There you go. That's sweet. Just above the story of a seven-ounce rump steak and chips for five ninety-five at a beef eater. Yummy yum. <laughs> I'm sure they don't think about these stories when they put them in the paper. I'm sure they don't. And have you seen this giant sea monster discovered on a Dorset beach? An eight-foot jaw of a giant Jurassic sea monster. I mean, just absolutely, absolutely enormous. It reminds me of that dreadful carry-on Columbus film where they're standing at the front of the ship and this great whale thing comes out. And somebody says to Julian Clary, oh, my God, watch out, it will eat your hole. And he said, no, I think it'll leave that bit. <laughs> News headlines, MPs look set to be banned from employing family members and claiming mortgage expenses on second homes. The recommendations come in a major report due to be published next week. At least three United Nations workers have been killed in Afghanistan after Taliban gunmen attacked a guest house in the capital, Kabul. And celebrities and Michael Jackson fans have turned out in London and 17 other cities around the world for the simultaneous premiere of the new film, This Is It. Oh, nice. OK. A little bit earlier than usual, but hopefully he's waiting there with his finger on the pulse. I might have a minute for him later. As ever, Absolutely, I know. Yeah. I, I, I was thinking the other day, actually, you're, you're very chirpy for this time. Oh, you know, one does one's best. Uh, M25 in Surrey, anti-clockwise. They're recovering a lorry. Uh... <laughs> Just thank you about having a cup of coffee, actually. Uh, 14 minutes to six. Wednesday morning in London. It's going to be a nice day today, actually. No talk of winter coats and stuff like that, because it's going to be absolutely fantastic and gorgeous. Can't believe it's October, can it? I'm, I'm, actually, I always reckon, if it's like this now, it's going to be a cold, cold winter. Very cold. They reckon this sea monster off Dorset could eat T-Rex for breakfast. Fantastic. They reckon this uh, pelosaur, 52 feet long, a killer whale's 32 foot long, and a T-Rex 42 feet. So 10 feet bigger. But this thing's... I'd love to... Wouldn't you love to be able to wave a, you know, a magic wand and go back to see what it was like in those days? I mean, obviously not for very long, just in case you were standing on a bit and all of a sudden this thing comes out of the ocean. Not sure about that. I do like the story, which was passed on to us, actually, by, by Hugh. And it's the story of the adventures uh, of a cat, which regularly catches a train to a, mali- a, maline, to a marine life sanctuary to watch the fish, who have now said it would be enjoying its newfound celebrity status. Percy the cat has become the most famous pet in Scarborough in North Yorkshire. After it was revealed, he often leaves his home on Green Howard's Drive and travels to the Sea Life Centre by rail. The six-year-old animal spends the day watching the fish and penguins before hopping back on the miniature North Bay Railway train when it's time to go home. Percy's owners, Anne and Yale Michael, were surprised to see an article about their pet's travels in the local paper, the Scarborough Evening News. Mrs Michael, 51, said Percy would take his new status as a tourist attraction in his stride. He enjoys all the attention. 
she said. He's a lovely, big, friendly cat, very, very independent, comes and goes as he wants in the summer, but in the winter spends most of his time on my bed, asleep, preparing for the next season. He's been making this journey for five years. He was so well-known at the railway, he's got his own piece of carpet at the station to sleep on. He seems to know when to get on and off the train. Then he goes to the Sea Life Centre, where he seems to, to go to look at the penguins. He watches them and the fish... And Tasman, who's the general manager at the Scarborough Sea Life Centre, says Percy likes to sit on a wall near the entrance and sneak in with the crowds, but has never been any trouble at all. She says the penguins don't like him very much, but he just plonks himself down watching the fish in the tanks. Never tries to get in. It's just a shame he scares the penguins. Phil Gard, Phil Hart, sorry, is a guard on the North Bay Railway. And he says the passengers love him. They make a fuss of him. He's a lovely cat. He seems to know exactly what time the trains are, and he just hops on and off. How cool is that? I like that idea. I don't believe a cat just wanders down and then waits and then sort of just sits on the train and knows when to get off. Mind you, I'll buy most stories at this time of the morning. Uh, your impression of Stacy sounds like Bruce Forsyth. We found a replacement. <laughs> um, another one here, uh, which is, uh, My shopkeeper will not stock the standard because it drives down sales of other papers. Well, all the WH Smiths are selling it. Uh, sorry, giving it away. And I quite like that. I like that. I bought a Christmas tree yesterday. I went to Knock Cuts in Staines. And it's a, uh, a, a, it's a small tree. It's probably about 12 inches tall. It's studded with little lights and little presents around the base. And when you push the button, it, it plays a Christmas tune and the tree lights up in sequences. It's only battery operated, but it's terribly effective. Terribly fa- I bought it and I and I just and I, I took it home and I played it about ten times. I sat it on the um, on the cooker and I just I stood there looking at it. And I put my glasses on and I took my glasses off and it looked just as attractive, which was good. Uh, Steve, uh, I was wondering if there's anybody on the planet that you like. We love you, Phil. You're gorgeous, aren't you? Because you're in Swanley and I'm probably your only friend, so we love you. So that's nice, isn't it? There you go. There's somebody I like. It's an old gag, it's, you know, but uh, Phil, Phil writes in on, the, on quite a number of occasions, actually, just, just finding out if anybody still likes him, and uh, they do. Uh, more on uh, Alison Pearson's column, where she talks about Samantha Burke, uh, who says that Jude hasn't seen their five-week-old daughter. Perhaps Miss Burke should ask herself whether a 14-page photo spread is the ideal way to introduce any baby to her father. So there you go. And I think she does that because she obviously needs the money. Perhaps her parents don't sort of give her anything. Don't forget Thursday for Peaches Geldof. If nothing will ruin your life more, that is the programme that is absolutely going to make you feel absolutely awful, I'm afraid. Because she's so, so dreadful. Uh, Somali gang have warned a family, we've kidnapped these uh, Britons. They generally let them go. That's what generally happens with these Somali... They, They generally are looking for a ransom. And, uh, and then they let them go. There's a, a man under arrest last night after a teenager who was allegedly groomed on the social networking site Facebook was found murdered and dumped in a ditch. You know, the trouble is, I looked at the picture of this girl on the front of the papers and I thought to myself, is she a typical person who would go on and talk to people on the internet? Would she have been the sort of person who years ago would have done CB radio, things like that? Is, is, there, is there a particular sort of person that goes on the internet and doesn't feel confident enough to go and meet people outside of hiding behind things on the internet? You know, you do get a lot of people that sit in their rooms and they suddenly realise people want to talk to them. Because normally people don't want to talk to them. But if you go on the internet, anybody will talk to you and people pretend to be, you know, men pretend to be girls. 
Men to men, you know, pretend to be young boys. Old men pretend, and and they groom people. She went to her death sadly, and it, it, you know, you have to ask the question each and every time. At what age do you say to somebody, "Listen, we're not going to let you sit in the room by yourself because we don't know what you're looking at." We don't know who you're talking to. The people have been warned on television programmes. We've seen it time and time again. I think Coronation Street had a very big storyline running where I think one of uh, Kevin's daughters was uh, talking to somebody on the internet who wasn't what he was claiming he was. There have been lots of cases of people who hide. You know what the internet's like. All sorts of people write in, even to radio stations, and they pretend to be other people. They're generally people who are a little bit sick, and they're the sort of people who take it a bit further, and there's something the matter with them. Luckily, you can find them on the internet. That's why, if ever it's somebody who has met somebody on the internet, the police know exactly who they've been talking to within five minutes. They've got a whole department up at Notting Hill Police Station, and all they deal with is internet loonies, I call them. You know, people who are mentally ill, lonely, they'll lie through their teeth, they'll say all sorts of things, and they're generally the dribblers. And uh, there's a whole department, and they, they deal with these people. This girl meets somebody, no idea what's going to occur, and ends up, you know, being found at a field. I mean, it's absolutely tragic. It really is. It's, it's tragic. And I don't know what you can do about it. You can only tell people, can't you? You know, be careful on the internet. When I've had sort of people say to me, oh, I'm talking to so-and-so, and I go, are you sure? Are you absolutely sure it's them? You know, people say, oh, I sent you something, Steve, to your, to your thing. No, you didn't. You might have sent it to something else. Goes on all the time, I'm afraid. Uh, 84850, stevedlbc.co.uk. Uh, Steve, are you afraid of heights or not? Half an hour you, you were. Now, of course, it doesn't bother you at all. Blackpool, was it? No, I said that was different. That's enclosed. I wouldn't go up to anything where you're just sitting on a little platform or climbing up a ladder or something like that. I think, you know, as far as I know, Blackpool Tower is not going to fall down just yet. Sarah says, I saw the picture of the chimps in yesterday's mail. It brought a lump to my throat. Sad picture, but very poignant. I know, I, every time I look at chimps, though, all I think is bloodthirsty carnivores. That's all I can think of after that David Attenborough programme where they ripped that monkey to pieces up in the trees. And it was, they were so meticulous about it that they went out. There was a troop of about 20 or 30 of them. The monkeys are going... Right. They're out, they're out, they're out. And then all hell breaks loose and they literally rip this monkey limb from limb up in the trim. We're thinking, ah, oh, but we like chimpanzees. I've actually got a picture of me taken many years ago with a chimpanzee at Bertram Mill Circus because it was kind of the thing to, to have done. Now, if ever I go on holiday and see people with little monkeys, I avoid them like the plague, I'm afraid. I just don't think it's nice to dress these little things up. Prince Philip has blundered once again after he was overheard joking about the name Patel. It actually reminds me, I do love that advert Patek on the television. Have you seen that? It's a little, a little lad, and he's obviously talking about his childhood. You know, in our road, we sort of, we used to make Patek curry, and, we would t- and all the neighbours came in. Now I own the company. Have you not seen it for Patek sauce? It was really good, actually. Really good. Anyway, this event, hosted by the Queen uh, at uh, Buckingham Palace, to coincide with the state visit of the Indian president, uh, the Duke of Edinburgh sparked embarrassment after he greeted businessman Atul Patel by glancing at his name tag and saying, there's a lot of your family in tonight. What's the matter with that? What is that about? I think Mr Patel's made something about that. I mean, it's, it's, you'd go, you know, because it's a very common name, Patel, isn't it? In the same way, if you saw somebody with Brown or Smith, you'd go, there's a lot of you in tonight. What difference does that make? Oh, blimey. Mind you, luck, it's not the worst of the things he's said, is it? He's got to come up with something funnier. Yeah? You know, have you, have you hurt your head? There could be another one he could have said, you know. But uh, but didn't say... I don't think that's anything the matter with saying, Patel, there's a lot of you in tonight. 
I think that's quite that's quite quite normal actually. It's a very popular name. Why not? They're bringing in Gokwan to style WPCs. I don't know what they're going to put them in. Apparently, they say that a makeover will improve their self-esteem and help women do their jobs. Well, I know quite a number of WPCs, let me tell you. I don't think they want to make... Mind you, if it's a free makeover from Gokwan, I'm not going to go out there and sort of, you know, short mini skirts and rah-rah skirts and that kind of stuff, are you? But, uh, it, uh, I mean, to be honest with you, they need to wear the stuff that they wear because that's how it makes them visible. I, I don't want to start wondering whether I'm looking for somebody who's working in Dorothy Perkins or a police officer. At least with a police officer, I know they're a police officer. I don't think they need to improve self-esteem. All the ones I've met have got more than enough self-esteem. More than enough self-esteem. Uh, Steve, my favourite pudding at school was cornflake pie. Cornflake pie? Cornflake cake? I don't know if you remember, it was pastry, syrup and cornflakes. Do you know, that rings a bell. That rings a bell. You're right, it was horrible. I don't think it was... Was it cornflakes? Well, because it was cheap, I suppose. That's why you would make it, because it didn't didn't cost a lot of money. Oh, I don't know why. At school, we got served all sorts of strange things. Uh, Steve, are you going to enter Amanda in the next X Factor? Yes, we, we, we could do, actually. We could. We could enter an X Factor. I was thinking, actually, of more car boot challenge. You know, I think she'd be more like that. Or, you know, let's go and have a look in your loft and see what we can find. Have you not got a loft? I dreamt about lofts last night. I don't know why. Isn't that odd? Oh, do you know, honestly, I must be psychic. Psychic Steve. Because the other day, I was talking to somebody about Helen Smith. Cast your mind back. Helen Smith. Give you a clue. 30 years ago, she fell from a balcony in Jeddah after an alleged drinking party. Her father always maintains she was murdered. And for 30 years, her body has lain in a mortuary, in a hospital... In Leeds, never been buried. Now, finally, uh, she is to be laid to rest. He has agreed to a request from his former wife to allow a decent Yorkshire burial with a private ceremony. He's 83. He always said, until he found out exactly what happened to Helen Smith, he would not allow her body to be buried. So for 30 years, she's lain in the mortuary. And I was talking about this to somebody literally a week ago. And lo and behold, Perhaps he was listening to the programme. He's finally uh, decided to allow Helen Smith to have a decent burial 30 years after she died. It's taken a long while, but if that's not a result, I don't know what is. Boss, do I have to go and stock up again? Yes, boy. But here's the Wix catalogue. Morning, everybody. Eight minutes past six. Wednesday morning in London town. Gonna be a lovely day today. Still trying to work out cornflake pie at school. I, I really do not... I remember something vaguely like cornflake pie, but I'm not too sure exactly what it is, I'm afraid. Um, 84850, steve at lbc.co.uk. Uh, chocolate sponge with uh, chocolate custard. Chocolate, what a horrible combination. Chocolate sponge. Actually, I didn't like any of the uh, the sponges we had at school, but the, you're right, it was this strange combination. Spotted Dick was fairly popular, but it was the, it was the pink custard, the yellow custard with lumps in it and the skin in it, or the chocolate custard. It was, it was, they were all horrid, horrid. And, and it was the mashed potato made in the biggest mashed potato thing you've ever seen. Oh, absolutely enormous. But it was, it was this horrible pink custard. Where it came from, God alone knows. But we were talking about that earlier on. As there is a, a school at the moment, 
where they're, uh, they've actually got the kids to serve at the table. Which I'm, and they're hailing it as some sort of new innovation, whereas we did it 35, 40 years ago. People were doing that. We used to, you know, I was a table monitor. Well, actually, I progressed from being table monitor to in charge of the table. And that was, that meant that you could, uh, that you, you determine who got seconds. You can well imagine, can't you? Uh, can I have said No, you can't. Uh, excuse me, is there any, Stephen, can I, no, you can't. Put your hand down. You know, can I have some more, ca- no, you can't. It's for me. You can have some more cabbage if you want. <laughs> and everybody hated cabbage. Everybody hated cabbage. Uh, 84850, uk. Also in the paper today. I'm trying to find some happy stories. Believe you me, it's not that easy to find happy stories. Uh, they've got uh, pet rescuers, people who look after animals. They've got Brian Thewer, where the art critter could speak terribly, terribly strangely. Also, they've got Kate Humble. She's just been made president of the RSPB, I think. And uh, she's nice. I watched her on one of these animal programmes yesterday. For some strange reason. I don't know why. I'm not particularly an animal person. I like animals the same as everybody else. But um, I sort of watch animal programmes, and they're sort of talking about um, rhinos who need to mate, and so they can have a little baby rhino, and then they go... And you th- you watch rhinos, you're not going to argue with three and a half tonne of sort of um, red-hot mama coming towards you, are you, really? Uh, Elizabeth Taylor has claimed that uh, Michael Jackson is a modern-day prophet. Quite balmy, I'm afraid. Quite balmy. He wasn't. Uh, And Victoria Beckham, although denied by her spokesperson, because obviously you can't actually get through to Vic to ask her, and she probably wouldn't understand the question anyway, they say she's using facial exercise to help her stay young and toned. The trouble is, she's only 35. She's looking old for 35. And because the earlier you start doing these things, the more you need it. And because she's stick thin and she wears these clothes which are wholly inappropriate, you know, when you consider the family background, I mean, Dad's an electrician, for goodness sake. I know they now work for her, but that's, that's what they are, you know, working-class family. And she's sort of trying to make herself posh. She was never posh, never actually posh at all. But they, they put her in clothes now which are sort of better suited to sort of 70- or 80-year-old women. Nice to see that they've uh, taken the X Factor people out and they've sent them round to hospital. So they go go meet sick children. Got no idea what. Please God, they don't sing to them. That's all I can hope because they're all taken round there. Simon Cowell fears that the tone deaf teenagers John and Edward Grimes will sound the death knell for the show if they go on to win the competition. But as I said before, as he owns everything that they'll record, and you can stick them through auto tune, you won't know any difference. You'll hear them singing, and you'll go, "See, they can sing." And I, I, I shall get emails from people going, see, you was wrong. It'll all be written like that, because they're generally about sort of seven or eight-year-olds. You was wrong. You know, they, they can sing like. <laughs> so that, that'll be quite good, won't it? Uh, apparently, Katie Price is trying to win Peter Andre back. Never in a million years. She's now claiming all sorts of things. You know, he's having an affair with this person and that person. The one thing he's not done... He's had an affair with anybody, whereas uh, she's just as revolting as she always was, I'm afraid. It's never going to... Never going to change. She's just going to be a bit sad and lonely. And as she enters sort of her twilight years, which are practically around the corner, um, it's, it's, all, it's all got a bit pear-shaped, which is a great shame. Am I the only one who's not interested in Ricky Gervais hosting the Golden Globes? Do, am I the only one who doesn't find Ricky Gervais funny? I know Jonathan Ross thinks he's absolutely hilarious, but he would do because they're from the same agency. But I wonder really whether or not he is the sort of person... The only reason he's agreed to do it is so they can give him uh, carte blanche to sort of do what he wants to do. But, Frank, he's not that funny. He was funny in extras. There were little bits of, of you know, of sort of genius in that. Not really genius, it was just normal comedy stuff. But now he's going to join the Hollywood elite. And uh, he's only 48, you know. Only 48. And he's going to host the... I mean, good for him. 
Because, frankly, it's not easy to actually make it in America. That's why you laugh when you see Ricky Gervais has gone over there and he's made some films and the Americans love him. And then you see Vernon Kay and Tess Daly want to go over there and try that. But there's no chance. You know, completely different levels. Angela Rippon didn't make it in America. Loads of, Nick Ferrari didn't make it in America. It's really tough to go over there because they've got everything that they need. They don't really need anything. Comedians, they, they can always go for because they're always looking for... I mean, we always like anybody, don't we, who makes us laugh. If somebody makes you laugh, you think, that's good. I don't, I don't care what they look like. I just think somebody making you laugh makes you laugh. And I sit in front of the television, and I'm afraid at so-called comedy... Pre- I don't laugh now. I don't think I've laughed out loud for ages. I'm, it's really not there. I mentioned uh, Alicia Dixon. She's going to be on one of these Fern Cotton programmes. I watched it the other day. It's, it's, it was basically a plug for Alicia Dixon, but t- to be honest with you, all of them so far are making Peaches Geldof look like the world's most miserable non-entity, which of course she is. And, um, and she does nothing apart from a pout, uh, doesn't contribute anything, and falls asleep, and doesn't appear to have any discernible talent at all, including being rude. You know, if you're sitting down talking to someone, you don't just go to sleep, do you? It's just the height of rudeness, but there again, that's Peaches Geldof. But uh, Keith MacDonald is the bloke she's interviewing. This is the man who has fathered seven children by seven different mums. So what if what effectively it's done is sort of taken this totally useless layabout and gone, oh, look, you're on television, you're a star. And that's sending out the wrong message. What we shouldn't be applauding in this country, and I include the twins and most other people, I'm afraid, on the, uh, on the X Factor and on Britain's Got Talent, is people who've got very little talent. You go to America, half these people wouldn't last 30 seconds in America. You look at some of the people on America's Got Talent, they've actually got a talent. What do, what do we end up with? Absolutely naff all. Absolutely naff all. Susan Boyle, you know, which we've had to, uh, to send to, uh, to America to record an album, which, from what I've heard and seen the, seen the track listings, is, is pathetically awful, I'm afraid. Uh, but it will sell because they'll promote it and they'll probably stick her on X Factor before Christmas. So that's all it is. It's just, it's cross-promotion. And it, and, it, and it seems to work. But I just think in this country, you know, if we're wasting our time with two silly little boys who act like five-year-olds who can't sing, can't dance and have no talent. All right, they might have a nice smile. By comparison, Paris Hilton is an absolute genius. <laughs> News headlines, Matthew Schofield. Part of Sir Christopher Kelly's review of MPs' expenses. ...and biggest conversation with me, Nick Ferrari, and have your say this morning from 7, LBC 97.3. Morning, everybody. 6.20 is the time. Do you know, I get more worried about supermarkets every day and checkout assistants. And the reason I worry is because as a pub landlord, he's branded Tesco bonkers. It refused to sell him wine because he was with his 17-year-old daughter. Julian Atherton, 52, was told it was at the cashier's discretion to turn him down if she thought it was for underage Melissa. So he's standing there with his... He's a landlord. He's standing there with his 17-year-old daughter, and the cashier is going, no, I think you're buying that for your daughter. He's a land... He's got a pub full of booze. Julian says, can no adult now do their weekly shop with a child? Tesco have said, we take our responsibility towards the sale of alcohol very seriously. Additionally, if staff suspect proxy selling, the sale will be refused. He's a landlord. He's got a pub full of booze. My God, they're employing some dim people. Oh, dear, drives me mad. 
We've had that before, haven't we? Wait a minute, you have a child with you. Um, so we're not serving you. You might be giving it to your child. It's got to do with you. Just push the button, push it over the thing, put it in the bag. Don't be so clever. I'm not doing it. It's their only power, the till... Have you noticed the till people? It's their only power. Why do I get so angry on tills? It's right at M&S where they pack your bag for you. But other places, I can't get it in the bag fast enough. It's like a race. And then I've got the money ready. Quickly. Uh, there is a, a tour, which our friend Diane Burstein is doing for Halloween. Saturday the 31st at 7pm. And uh, they're doing Haunted and Sinister City. <laughs> now, you know Diane's a blue badge guide. And uh, over the years, we've, uh, we've been on her walks, and we've sent loads of LBC listeners on her walks. And this one is this coming Saturday. They meet outside St Paul's Cathedral by the statue of Queen Anne at 7pm. This coming Saturday. It's £6. The walk takes place in all weathers. Don't think because it's raining it won't take place. It does. You don't need to book. You can email diane at secretlondonwalks.co.uk. Diane at secretlondonwalks.co.uk. Lots of LBC listeners go on there. She'll have something in common with a load of other people. You want to know more about the city. And uh, this week being Halloween, it's the haunted city. So diane at secretlondonwalks.co.uk. Well, Leicester Square last night, like most nights, there's obviously something else going on today because the middle of the square, they've changed all the, the light bulbs and all the... Red- it can't have been for Michael Jackson for last night. But Michael Jackson fan... Suleiman Mirza is a member of the Michael Jackson Tribute Act signature. You know, the one, you know, I could do the dance for you, but you, you wouldn't appreciate it at this time of the morning. He told our uh, reporter Kevin Hughes what he thought of the film. It's bittersweet. It really is bittersweet. That's the only word I can use because seeing Michael Jackson at the O2, I was very lucky to be able to speak to him uh, and chat to him quickly backstage. And he looked so confident and you could tell there and then he wanted to do this for the fans because he gave me time to speak to me. Watching that right now, I'm so glad it came out because it, it, it gives an opportunity to everyone to see the human side of Michael Jackson. The side that all the fans knew from day one. We all knew that. We knew that from day one. But now everyone else gets to see that. And I'm just so happy because, you know, it's, it's a validation. It's a validation for Michael Jackson, validation for his fans, a validation for movies, I think. And that should win an Oscar or something because it did everything what a movie should do. It made you feel happy, made you feel sad, and you learn something from it. I want to be a better person now. I really do. You know, what he said, L-O-V-E to everyone. Keep it together and come together. Yeah, absolutely. There you go. Suleiman there from Signature. I loved Signature. Uh, Jeffrey Daniel is Shalimar's front man and friend of Michael Jackson. He gave his reaction. It, it was good. It was good. I think it's, it was, it was really, I was worried about it at first, but I think it's justifiable that people can see the last performance of Michael and look inside of how he puts it all together and how it all works out. It's, it, yeah, it's good. It's good. Fitting tribute. It's a fitting tribute. Yeah. Yeah. Favorite moment from the film, from the show. There's so much in there. The, yeah. Uh, they laugh a lot when Michael, cause they're not used to hearing Michael like kind of give directions and he's not being cynical and funny, but it comes off kind of funny because things that, that Michael's seem very obvious and the other guys don't get it at first and Michael just plainly tells them no or something the audience breaks out laughing those moments are fun so what do you say to people thinking to go and see the film go see it it's a definitely go see and I'm sure once it goes to DVD and all that it'll be like a, a keepsake a treasure or something like that and it's worth it yeah there you go Michael Jackson and this is it a lot of Michael Jackson fans didn't like it because they were saying, you know, it's, it didn't show him as he really was. You think, well, how, you know, how much more showing him there? Then we had Latoya during the week saying they used doubles. Well, in every Michael Jackson show, they used doubles. In every Michael Jackson live show, there were always doubles. There were bits where, and in fact, it was, it, sometimes it was patently obvious. You could see that when he came out from behind a pillar with his back to you, it wasn't Michael Jackson. But, of course, people go, oh, it's Michael Jackson, like that. Anyway, it was good. At least, at least you've got it. Imagine if we hadn't had... Uh, photography and cinema film that was, you know, that had been invented, would have had nothing to look back on, would you? 
which is uh, which we have. Sorry, every time I open up the paper, there's the Grimes twins, the two least talented people you ever find in the whole wide world. But uh, let's face it, if Chico can make a career in pantomime, I'm sure they can do something. Although what, I've got no idea. It's like Stacey Solomon, isn't it? The whole, the whole, the whole business <laughs> with this X Factor just drives people absolutely mad. Anne Whittacombe, in her column today, is talking about uh, Scamp the Dog. Scamp the dog, who escaped from its minder while its owners were away, and despite being chipped, was given by a rescue centre to new owners, who heartlessly refused to return him. The chipping system broke down because it enabled police to trace him to the shelter where it was done, but not to the owners. And that's, that's you know, a lot of it. That happens a lot now. That really happens a lot. So she's talking about that, and good luck to Andrew Lloyd Webber, diagnosed with prostate cancer. She says theatre just wouldn't be the same if he were to be out of action for too long. Well, she hasn't written anything, Anne, for quite some years. I mean, a lot of it we have we have recycled. I mean, The Sound of Music, I don't think he wrote. I don't think he wrote... Um, I mean, Joseph has been around for years and years and years. So we're looking for something new. I, t- I think once, once in a while you come up with something new. But I think the, the, the British public... I mean, the best thing that we've had new, I think, is Wicked. And that's not Andrew Lloyd Webber at all. But th- that's, that's the sort of thing we need. But now, with uh, Arturo Brachetti in town, for only a few months... The review in the Standard yesterday could not have been better. They say utterly undemanding, frequently seductive, and would make a terrific family Christmas outing. And there's not many shows you can say that about nowadays. Because most people say, what can we take the kids... Steve, what can we go and see in London? I said, well, what do you want to do? They said, well... Mm. I said, listen, my, my best advice, take the kids on an old London bus, which you pick up in the Strand, and they've got the old buses, which the parents will love it, the grandparents love it. I've done it. You get on there with your Oyster card, and it's got... They're much narrower. I think they're the old... I don't know what they call them now. They're the route masters. Whatever they are, they've got the old ding-ding inside. None of this pushing a button. It's the old bit of string inside that ran all the way to the front, and it's got the wooden running boards and the maquette seats, and it's really cramped, and it's fabulous. And you can go all the way from the Strand, probably even further back than that, but I've only picked it up in the Strand, and go all the way up to Tower Hill. And that's worth going to. You get off at Tower Hill, before you cross over the road, you go and have a look at the Tower of London, you have a look at where they used to execute people. You'll never find it. Nobody ever finds it. Because it's not got a big thing there. It's just got a thing in the ground saying, this is where, and there's a whole list of people all the way around it, they did their public executions. They did the executions for sort of clever people inside the Tower of London, but the public ones, it was a holiday. I mean, nowadays, we'd have had the twins up there within a matter of hours, wouldn't we? The twins, Stacey Solomon. Today, we behead Stacey Solomon. Hooray! Everybody be up there, you know, people sell fish and chips. And it's, it's a day out for Londoners. A bit like bear baiting. And this could be Stacey baiting. And then you could sort of put the twins up there. In fact, you could actually put the whole of the X Factor up there, couldn't you, really? Cheryl Cole. Oh, it'd be fantastic. People would be sporting T-shirts, you know, hang them, behead them, you know, all this kind of stuff. We were gruesome. We were, don't let anybody ever tell you. I mean, we were doing it all over the capital, even up at Marble Arch. There were public hangings there, Tyburn. You know, the, the little convent there was over the road from where they used to hang people at the Tyburn tree. And they would hang 13 at any one time, and we were up there, yeah, it was a public holiday, and people would be hanging out of pub windows, go on, boo, boo. You know, without thinking, it's kind of, it's, it's a one-way journey, this. Not exactly coming back. We were very gruesome. Perhaps that'd be quite interesting, wouldn't it? Uh, Steve, put your Christmas tree on YouTube. I'm going to bring it in tomorrow. I'm going to bring it in tomorrow just to, just to really annoy people, because I know some people absolutely hate Christmas. <laughs> I blame Blackpool, says Lynn, for my fear of heights. I froze on the pier. One of the wooden planks moved. Ooh. Let's get, oh, we've got to take a break. Break, break, break. LBC 97.3.
Introducing the brand new album, Heart Divas, part of our exclusive Sainsbury's album range. 20 of radio's greatest female artists, including Candy Statton, Gloria Gaynor. Well, just as well I brought my uh, mince pies with whiskey in today, because uh, yesterday... The newsroom boys seem to bounce around the £70 mark, mm-hmm. and uh, and you won. Oh, Lovely thought good. one. The tote returned you £6.60, oh. your profit £4.60. Oh, good. So you're just underneath at £66.86. Hmm. So at least you get your mince pie. I didn't get a nectarine today, but I have got a, a small box of, uh, of little uh, oranges on my desk. Yes. Have you noticed them? Yes. They're very nice, aren't they? Very festive. <laughs> very festive. So <laughs> a bit early for that. Sorry? A bit early for that. No, of course it's not early. You can have oranges all year round. Yes, but a bit early to think festive. Well, excuse me, I bought a little tree the other day. Did you? A Christmas tree with lights on it, yeah? No. Are you not thinking... Put this way, it's, it's a, a matter of days and they, they turn on the Regent Street Christmas lights. That doesn't mean I have to start thinking about it yet. Well, you should do. I mean, you've got to plan oh, what I've you're going to buy everybody at work. That's what Christmas Eve is for. No, you don't... Oh, you're the sort of person who rushes around Christmas Eve. Yes. No, you can't yes. do that. You have to go out there. And also, you'll, you'll need to ask us very shortly what we want for Christmas. Actually, I lie. I, I say I do my Christmas shopping Christmas Eve. The best time to do Christmas shopping, of course, is, is Boxing Day. You're Sales. so mean. You're so mean. Yes. I suppose, actually, All the cards are half price. It's great. <laughs> yes, but it's... I mean, I always say to somebody, if they say, Uncle Steve, can we have this? I go, Father Christmas has run out of those, but by the <laughs> middle of January, he should have one. <laughs> kind of covers yourself. Not that easy. there's much point in buying Christmas cards this year, because they won't get anywhere, will no, they? No, I mean, I, I, I have got Christmas cards, but uh, I'm... I'm, I'm probably like you and probably thinking is it worth it exactly and there's also an awful lot of people at work always want to give me one every year so that's always quite nice and something to look forward to lovely so uh, alex had kalahari desert fourth mm. he lost two pounds uh so he's 11 pound 15 yours is to say 66 pounds 86 so today we're off to kempton the 920 i'm assuming it's at night time mm. but they have an all all weather track giant sequoia win only uh, they also run at Musselburgh and Nottingham and over the jumps at Haydock Park. Uh, I'm going with the 305 at Musselburgh, Ooh. Gordonsville. Oh, that sounds good. Mm. Like the sound of that. Gordonsville. Are you using a different process for picking the winners? Uh, not that I know of. <laughs> Why? Because we've actually picked No, because we've picked had some. One. <laughs> That's why I ask. Because <laughs> I'm thinking, if, if we have some winners, you must be using a different system. Uh, no, I think normally the shut your eyes and point a pencil at the paper tends to work quite well. Well, it's, it's, your, your pointing pencil at paper works. <laughs> it's, it's, you've been very successful with it. Good. OK. Uh, so, I mean, somebody said, you know, is, is there any chance that Matthew could be going each way soon? <laughs> Why ask? Well, people like to know these things. You know, it makes them happy. Let me categorically confirm, no. OK. Don't be so aggressive about it. I shall, I shall never ask ever again. You will, though. But I, I, will, I will bring you down a mince pie. Oh, Or lovely. up a mince pie, up, actually. Up, Up yes. a mince pie, yes. I have to remember, we go down... If I bang to... on the floor, you'll hear me. Absolutely. Do you think so? <laughs> <laughs> Thank you. All right, talk to you later. Bye. Take care. Matthew Schofield. He'll be uh, back with the news in about seven or eight minutes uh, time. Uh, Steve, it's put me off watching the Golden Globes. It's like the Olivier has been hosted by Eddie Murphy. Another comic actor who, like Ricky Gervais, believes his own PR, says D. Yes, and actually, I was watching uh, Paul O'Grady yesterday. They were reviewing Bewitched. There's a box set of Bewitched, and they were say- they didn't give it very high marks. Paul O'Grady liked it, but the two reviewers didn't like it at all. And the reason they didn't like it is because of the way Darren 
behave to his wife, Samantha, and, and, and sort of ask, you know, clean, do this, go and clean the kitchen, don't go tidy the kitchen, but don't use magic. And as Paul O'Grady said, and I agreed with him, that if you can twitch your nose, and of course, if you look carefully, and she said in all her interviews, she never twitched her nose. What she twitched to make it look as though her nose was twitching was her chin. Her chin moves, and if you, you, you watch it very carefully, I can only, she doesn't move her nose at all. Well, what you do is just move, you move your chin from side to side. This doesn't look good in radio, but I promise you, if you move it from side to side, it looks as though your nose is going. It does, I promise you, if, if you watch it. So when you watch her doing it, it's her... Because you're not watching the chin, but your nose moves at the same time. I'm not going to go into it, but I'm telling you, she said that because she can't twiddle her nose because she was an actress. So she moved her chin, and it makes it look as though... It, you're all trying it now, aren't you? Everybody's, everybody's looking in the mirror at home. People sitting in cars, bus drivers. They'll be going, oh, it doesn't work, Steve. It doesn't work. But, uh, that's, but it, it's good, but it, it was the way he treated her. But it was of the period... I've got all of them. I've got every single series. I love them. I love them. Uh, Anne says, I spent last night going through our childhood Christmas decorations with my cousin. He's recently lost his mum, but the memories of over 30 years ago were lovely. Isn't it amazing how many Christmas tree decorations you hang on to from years ago and then you add to them? Probably not in the Schofield household, I shouldn't think so, but there's a bit of bar humbug going on there. Uh, Matt says, have you seen the new Larry Grayson DVD showing his ITV shows? He doesn't interview Diana Dawes. Good grief. I didn't even know it was out. Didn't even know. I did one of the last, not one of the last interviews, I did an interview with Larry Grayson when he took over the Generation Game and uh, with Isla Sinclair and, and all of that. And I don't think he was actually prepared because in those days, nobody sort of wrote about things like that in the newspapers. They weren't that interested. They were just interested it was Larry Grayson. Nowadays, they're more interested. What, what, are you sure you go out with women? Are you sure? Well, I don't know. Let's have a check. And then they find somebody who'll sell a story. They were t- When they did Alex... Um, What's her name? Uh, Alicia Dixon on the, uh, this programme. She was quite honest about the fact that her marriage broke up because her husband cheated. And he cheated with another singer. And then, to make matters worse, her own brother sold a story on her to the national newspapers. So she's never spoken to him since. Your own brother sells a story. What an awful person he must be. What an awful person he must be. Oh, dreadful. Lauren says you should film yourself doing the nose twitch and put it on your site. Do you think it could be very popular? The Steve Allen nose twitch. That's what she says in all the interviews. She said, what, what, we had to do the nose twitch, but she said, I discovered if I move my chin, then it looks as though the nose is moving. And if you watch, you can see quite clearly what it is. You'll all be trying it all day today, I promise you. And once again, you'll have to come back tomorrow and say, do you know, Steve, you're absolutely right. It's almost embarrassing how many times I'm right on this programme. In exactly the same way that more than 90% of you writing in this morning say exactly the same. Ricky Gervais, about as funny as Root Canal. So there you go. He's obviously not the popular boy he thinks he is. I think perhaps Jonathan Ross thinks he's very funny and bits of it are great. I don't think it's big enough to... I mean, he's, he's always Ricky Gervais. Every film I've ever seen, he's Ricky Gervais. And d- don't get me wrong, I like Ricky Gervais. I just don't think he's right for doing this, this sort of other uh, thing. Oh, my goodness me. Have we, have we booked in for the studio before we lose it? Oh, thank goodness for that. Uh, on, uh, on school dinners, I remember asking the cook, says Wayne, for the recipe for Bakewell tart. This was duly provided, but we had to adjust the quantities as her recipe serves 64... Imagine trying to work out a recipe for 64. I like that. And, um, Steve, have you seen the advert? The little girl screams, look into my eyes. 
and gets the man to sign a confession. Is that for Haribo? I've seen that. That's quite, that, that is quite cute. I quite like that one, Lourdes. Thank you very much indeed. There you go. Rico says Ricky Gervais is the unfunniest guy ever. So it's not just me. 99% of you. 99. Neil says, listening to your programme on the way into London this morning, you commented that the twins from The X Factor sang in church. <laughs> says, were they part of the altar boy society with centre partings? Do you remember the... Dreadful here. He says, I love your show. It's the only show where celebrities get the justice they so deserve. I don't think they sang at church. They, can, they cannot have sung. I sung at church, and as anybody will tell you who listens to this programme, I've luckily kept my voice and added to it. You've only got to ask... I mean, Steve Allen, voice of an angel. Figure of a tugboat, but voice of an angel. You know, what more can I tell you? Works like a Trojan, looks like a Trojan. Conrad says, we listen to your show every morning. It's so addictive. Say happy birthday to my wife, Diane, for yesterday. You didn't forget, did you? Big trouble for that one. We saw Tom Jones and he was fantastic. At 69, he puts X Factor acts to shame. Brought the house down with, I saw the night. That one. The warm-up act was Florence Rawlings. From Mike Bat, she was very good. Look out for her. They had some girls on uh, Alan Titchmarsh's show a short while ago, and they sang live. And I thought you wouldn't find them on the X Factor because these people sing. The ones on the X Factor are the ones with very little talent who who feel they have to share it with people because they're obsessed with celebrity, which is a, it's a shame. Richie says the head of Stacey Solomon made me chuckle. I don't know though; she's worth a vote. He likes Stacey Solomon. I mean, a lot of people do. I just don't think she's a great singer. I just think it's, it's a shame. Do they ever announce or publish the actual public vote numbers for the various acts, like the X Factor? Um, no, they don't. They don't need to. They, they just tell you who, who's won or if it's close. Annie says, please release an album of your impersonations of all the people who think they can sing, but they can't. It'll be a bestseller just in time for Christmas. Steve Allen's... I mean, I've often thought about bringing out a Steve Allen album... You know, my favourite songs, which I could sing, which was good. Anita Harris was uh, in Lower Sunbury, says Lou. Stayed last night at the hotel there. We love Anita Harris, as you know. And you're right, says Dee. Looks just like Samantha. Uh, I'm a fan of I Dream of Genie, says Bernie. They brought out a box set of I Dream of Genie as well, which I bought. All this, why am I buying all this stuff? You know what it is? It's nostalgia. I'm buying into nostalgia. I shouldn't be, really, because at, at the age of 38, I'm a wee bit too young to be doing it, but some people say, you know, you always, when you're 38, you know, and then you sort of worry about being 39, and then if I get to 40, if I get to 40, but uh, everything else is quite worrying. I'm look, talking about worrying things. I'm looking at the photographs that we've all got to have taken starting next week, and I'm looking at the brief, and to be honest with you, I'm none the wiser. I've looked at it very carefully. I think I'm going to come down to smart V-neck jumper. For that, I'm reading cashmere, okay, or camel or something like that, and and a jacket. I might I might wear a shirt and then take that off in a corner, of course, covered by a screen, and then put on my lovely cashmere top. Women get smart day wear dresses, top and skirts. Mentions nothing here about trousers, so I just have to do it in my pants again. I don't know. Quarter to seven. <laughs> News headlines, Matthew Schofield. Some of Sir Christopher Kelly's proposals for reform. Steve Allen. Morning, everybody. Coming up to ten to seven, uh, Erica and Shepperton went over to the Petersham Nurseries the other day. Really loved it. Bit pricey. For two pieces of cake, a coffee and a tea, how much? Twelve quid. Does seem a lot, doesn't it? But the trouble is, if you go to nurseries now, that's what... Remember, I went down to uh, that nursery and we had some baked potatoes with the kids. And it was astronomical. You need to take out a second mortgage. Was it 14? No, more than £14. Pounds. It was absolutely ludicrous. Whatever it was, it was ludicrous. 
Ludicrous prices. The trouble is, though, they, they work on assumption. If you want to sit down there, you buy a piece of cake. I don't know why cake's so expensive. I thought cake was supposed to be cheap. That's why our parents made cake. Nowadays, you'd, you'd, you'd think you're sort of, you know, entering a third world debt, I suppose, to buy some cake. Um, Steve, do you remember at the Diana concert where Ricky Gervais had to ad-lib so Elton could prepare? He died embarrassingly. He did, actually, didn't he? He just, he couldn't do the ad- But that's the same as a lot of comedians. That is the same as a lot of comedians. They're only funny when they're doing... If they're television comedians, they're working to a script. They're not like people on some of the quiz shows. You won't see Ricky Gervais doing any of these ad-lib programmes. You won't see him on Have I Got News For You or anything like that. Because that involves... And that, that would show him up. What he does is he writes the funny stuff and then performs it. So unless he's actually got a script to work through, it, it's just not going to happen. They do tell us the actual voting figures for the X Factor. Last year, the percentages for each act were given. Yeah, well, that's no good. Nobody wants percentages. Want to know what the figure is? How many calls came in? Percentages you can give to anybody. What was Larry Grayson like? Gay. <laughs> Very gay. Very gay. Lived in, what was it, Nantwich with his sister. Had a flagpole in the garden. Actually, I've just read a very good book. I'm reading a very good book at the moment, and it's the biography of Margaret Rutherford, written by the same guy who wrote the biography of Hattie Jakes. And, and I like that one as well. And this one of Margaret Rutherford, it's amazing. She didn't actually take off in her career till she was about mid-30s. Uh, she'd sort of potted about, and when she met Stringer Davis, who was her husband, she had it built into her contract that he would appear with her. So when she died, he got no more work. Because he wasn't a great actor, and he was only good when she was around. So, in fact, most of the uh, murder she wrote, the murder at the Gallops and things like that, you'll see Stringer Davis in there, and he appeared on stage with her quite a lot. So when she died, his career finished at the same time. And they had to take a housekeeper to court, because she tried to rob him of, uh, of her personal things. It was all terribly, terribly distressing. But because she never turned up in court, she was never prosecuted. And a lot of her stuff, her awards, turned up in auction houses. Very, very, very good book, actually. You can, you can check it out on Amazon. Doing the papers for Nick Ferrari this morning, the royal editor of the Daily Express, Camilla Tomine, and uh, she lives down my neck of the woods, I've just noticed. Uh, also, six years. Is it long enough in prison for Jason Owen? This is the uh, man who has won his appeal and given the sentence of six years. Nickel asked the question, is that long enough for someone who's contributed to the tragic death of baby Peter? Uh, plus, with teachers in Kent complaining over the prospect of opening new grammar schools, Nick wants to know if you think they're a bad idea. And on the morning after the premiere of Michael Jackson's This Is It, Nick will get the reaction from Los Angeles. And also, why are there so many unmanned roadworks in the capital? I don't... I mean, any other country, you go there, and the idea is you get it done as quick as possible. Here, it seems to go forever. They just sort of... They dig a hole, and then they walk away. I mean, there was a, a record done years ago... And I think, I can't remember who did it actually now, I think Bernard Cribbins, the there I was, digging this hole, hole in the ground, so big and sort of round. And it just went on and on, and it's exactly the same. Now, it's bureaucracy, it's bureaucracy gone mad. They go, what should we do, let's waste some money. Okay, go and dig that up there. What they're doing outside the Ritz, I've got no idea. They appear to be putting something in down the middle of the road, which is going to narrow the lanes, or down, certainly down Piccadilly Way. Ridiculous. I don't know, you pay all this money to drive into the capital. Uh, 8 for 850... Steve, difficult choice. Who's got the least talent? The auditionees or the panel? Well, that, that does beg the question. I mean, Danny Minogue, who couldn't mentor a, a tulip, as far as I'm concerned. At least Louis Walsh has got some sort of track record. But as long as they all sit on stools and sing the sort of songs his mummy would like, that's fine for him. Uh, the rest of it, it's, it's Simon Cowell. It's a controlled programme. And very clever it is, too. 
Um, another one here. Oh, they, they've, they've got Roy Cropper. David Nielsen is the actor who plays Roy Cropper in Coronation Street. He's got his trademark shopping bag, which was his mum's. Uh, his late mums, and he uh, he still uses that now. And when he started, he was a proper creepy weirdo. And apparently they don't think he is now. They think he's become a, a sort of uh, a nice man. I think it's always been a bit strange, actually. <laughs> uh, 84850, Steve at LBC. A man was sitting in the settee watching television when he heard his wife's voice from the kitchen. What would you like for dinner, love? Chicken, beef or lamb? He said, thank you, I'll have chicken. She said, shut up, you're having soup. I was talking to the cat. <laughs> That's what happens now, isn't it? People go, no, I'm feeding the cat first. People do that. Just don't dress it up. Uh, what a shame that Louis Walsh doesn't take the X Factor competition seriously. He's made a mockery of it by choosing the twins over others that can sing. Well, he's only got them left. I don't think he's got anybody left in the competition. So he's, he's obviously got to vote for them, hasn't he? That is the only way, I would think. I've noticed they're advertising the Michael Jackson film as Discover the Man You Never Knew. I wasn't actually sure I wanted to know Michael Jackson. You know, given the list of sort of, you know, people in my, in my address book, Michael Jackson wasn't top of my list, I'm afraid. I never actually thought about that at all. Well done to Pauline Jacobs. She was the bus driver when uh, an extra passenger arrived on the scene because one of her passengers gave birth. And they were just about to go, quick, let's get to the hospital. It went, too late, here it is. So they had the baby there. So well done to Pauline. And, um, and the M1's 50th birthday will be celebrated in song with a musical about its first services, The Watford Gap. Blimey, we're getting a bit desperate, aren't we, for these sort of things now. And people who commute to work by bicycle are to be guaranteed a better deal under a scheme launched today. Companies promise to provide safe bike parking and changing facilities and offer bike repairs on site. Transport Secretary Andrew Adonis says if proper facilities were more widely available, far more people would cycle to work. I wouldn't. I wouldn't. I wouldn't cycle to work. The potholes all over the place. You wouldn't get me cycling with my little cape flying in the breeze, my little safety helmet on and my fluorescent stripes down me. Not me. Absolutely not me. Other people can make themselves look complete prunes, but it's, it's not for me, I'm afraid. But you imagine you get out there in those cold winter mornings, the snow's coming down. I've got to hold the umbrella. I've got, you know, cycling with one hand. It's not easy. I don't care what anybody tells you. I, I still shout at cycles who, who jump red lights, I'm afraid. You have to do it. Was it Charlie Drake who dug the hole? No, it wasn't. Charlie Drake had uh, many things, but he certainly never dug a hole. <laughs> um, uh, I mentioned Helen Smith earlier on, and, uh, and there's a, another man here. Uh, and this is uh, a giant panda with Gerhard Schroeder. Because in China's Sichuan province... They can't breed enough pandas. They're, they're so successful at it, they've got more than they need. And they try and ship them out to as many zoos. But when you see them and they take them out each day and they sort of, you know, feed them and they look after them, and everybody goes, aren't they great? And they go, yeah, we're actually a victim of our own success. We're very good. And yet around the world, people are not as successful as they are over at the giant panda base in Sichuan. I think it's at Chengdu. And they're, they're just phenomenally successful. Absolutely amazing. Actually, talking of successful, as we... Uh, as we sort of move into party season, very shortly, all the shop. You're going to get over Halloween first of all, aren't you? Because you're not that far away. There's going to be kids trick-or-treating, knocking on your front door. I've electrified the handle already. I'm not wasting time with this. And people go, trick-or-treat. And I go, I'm oh, sorry, I have no idea what you're talking about. And I always bombard them first. The moment they go, 
Bing bong, I'm there, armed with flower bombs. Pff, you know, the postman gets it, everybody gets it. I don't care, we don't do any of this trick-or-treating rubbish. That's for the Americans, not for us over here. And then you've had that, and then it's party season. And that can only be good news. But before that, of course, we've got to get through the LBC photographs. I can't, I can't wait to see what some of the girls are going to wear here. I'm absolutely, I cannot wait for this one. I want to see Jenny Barnett in that miniskirt. I've decided that's going to be the highlight of my year. Jenny Barnett in a tight miniskirt. Listen, I'm back with you tomorrow morning. Do not be late. We're here at five. And if you start late, you'll have to go and podcast the programme. OK, have a very nice day. Nick Ferrar is with you after the news, which is next on LBC. Life's good when you laugh. Like when you watch.